Welcome to the Smart Business Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Imoff Flores, and the Smart Business Podcast is the place for entrepreneurs to get an advanced mindset and skill set to build and grow a business that can scale in a big way. SMART is an acronym that stands for a scalable, mission-driven business that's automated with revenue streams all run by a team. And so if you would like to learn more about how to build a smart business or get coaching, consulting in this area or done for you services, go ahead and start by getting our free smart business formula guide at smartbusinessformula.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Smart Business Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. She's the CEO and founder of Fit and Faith Media. She also is the founder of the Innovators and Trailblazers podcast, which is one of the top 1% of podcasts in spirituality and business. And she's also the creator of your uh, creator of creator of your Grow for God conference. And today we're going to be talking about how to create and co- uh, create content that sells. So Tamara Andres, we're so excited to have you with us today. I'm thrilled, brother. It's going to be awesome. We have so much in common, so it's going to jive with your your community so well. And yeah, it was originally grow your business for God's sake, like the pun on like get with the program and also like, come on, like let's get with a mission, right? And so I'm excited because I think that's exactly what you do. Yes, absolutely. Now, uh, before we even get into this, I just want my audience to know like Tamara is like a human sparkler, like glow. <laughs> And for those listening to the audio version of this, like I just uh, wish you could be on the Zoom to see how much she glows, but you'll be able to hear it through through her as she speaks. That is a high uh, compliment. Thank you. Yes, yes. So, so Tamara, kind like let's give let's give them a little like rundown on how you got here, and then we'll go into some really powerful training. Yeah, I love that. Uh, really, entrepreneurship has been in my blood since I was little. It was interesting. My my Nana passed away last spring and my mom took me back to like her home stomping grounds in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And when we were driving around, instead of me understanding like the trauma associated to her childhood, because remember how like evolution of a human, you have to extract the root traumas in order to become and really flourish. And so I had really always had this like negative connotation of my mom's childhood. And of course, then there's also that association of like she had to play right she had to be a little girl at some point and and flourish because she really is she's uh i am a spawn of a human sparkler right and so in order to be a sparkler you have to have an emanating sparkler associated to light you up and she's done that for me and so we're going through downtown myrtle beach and she was showing me all of the incredible entrepreneurial endeavors that she had done when she was a child everything from like um a flea market she ran the flea market for her mom at 12 years old to having a a do-rag essentially in the back of her pocket uh, that was not just to wipe her brow and her sweat, but also the front mirrors of a car. And so she also ran a a childcare and daycare out of her home for 34 years. And so I just witnessed entrepreneurship all the time and not necessarily the hustle side of entrepreneurship, but just how it created comfortability for our family and the ability to thrive and have my mom really present in the process. And so I wanted to do that. I never really got what you would call a regular job. I never wrote a resume in college. I went right into the midst of it, had about seven different businesses through my 20s, two of which were actually notable. Uh, One was a a brick and mortar store and an e-commerce experience that then led into a worldwide uh, conglomeration of a business um, that I associated with an Australian who was a nursing bra designer. And so we brought that to a couple of markets here, starting in the America and then Canadian market and the UK market. And it sounds really fun and really thrilling. And that's a lot of information. And I was only 29. 
and I realized that I had gotten my priorities way out of whack and my family, my one and two year old were at home without the attention or um, the energy or the light that you talked about at the beginning that was rightfully theirs. And so I had a choice. Do I stick with having entrepreneur on my tombstone or do I become the woman of integrity that I always prayed I'd be and always hoped to be, but truly wasn't acting out. And so I gave it all up. I spent three years in just that dissection of who I was and who I wanted to be. I became an ordained minister in the process and a really kick-ass mom and wife. And I am proud of those things most of all. But in that season, I knew that that entrepreneurial bug that had already bitten me, it was like Spider-Man not being able to be Spidey. I had to come out and so um, started going to coffee dates with people and resurrecting businesses and dreams that had died because they just didn't know how and bringing them to life and realizing that this was really a lifeline of being a visionary and being, uh, I was called earlier today, a prophetic engineer. And I was like, yes, like, let's go. And so now for four years, I've been um, cultivating this media company through podcasting, through business development and conferences, events, retreats, all the jazz that you can think of that goes into it. So it's been fun. You're going to be sharing the stages with Will Ferrell coming up. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be so epic. LA yeah. Podcast Evolutions. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't even think about saying that, but it's yeah. true. Yeah, you're sharing the stage with Will Ferrell, which is really cool. Okay, so, but, but the thing that people need to know about you is that you really started completely from scratch. Right? Yeah. You started from scratch and you've been able to create some amazing content and content that sells. Yeah. And that's what our audience wants to know today is how how you do that, how you think about it and what are, what's the methodology behind it. And so you kind of, uh, you know, kind of share with us, what are some of the common mistakes that you make? And uh, then we could dive into some, the pain and passion dissection process that you. Absolutely. um, You know, content can be, and should be fun. And I think a lot of times we look at it as a marketing strategy and strategy doesn't really sound sexy or, or exciting. Now you or your community might think strategy is sexy and we'll get into that component as well. But I just really extract joy when I am showing up in those spaces. Uh, it's not only from the people that I follow that are in my feed. I want them to be giving me joy and wisdom and excitement. And so why am I not giving it to people that way? Um, and so really I'm thinking of like, what makes me excited? What's going on? What are the hot topics and how can I create and infuse joy into a place that a lot of people see as grim or salesy or ads oriented or dark and um, apathetic or really not wanting to illuminate comparison, but in fact, like we're all invited to the table and how are you showing up in your social realm? And so I bleed the rainbow in my social media's presence through my brand, but I got it wrong at the forefront. I think this is a notable um, thing to say is originally when I first started out this specific business, I went with what was on trend. And so you're looking to the market and you're saying, what's trendy? I was going with like calm color palettes and like blush tones and earth tones. And that was when Instagram was all about the picture and every there was no video at this point and everything was connected and there had to be a seamless integration to what you were posting. And I always felt like I was being put in a box And every time my content creator and myself, because I do have a designer on team, 
she would present me something and I'm like, yeah, it's really pretty, but it didn't excite me. It didn't get me like my blood boiling or like, this is me. I didn't feel really connected to it. And so in the evolution, not only of my podcast, which you can see the different podcast covers over the course of the last four years, but also just my brand in general, I left all the messy for you. So you can scroll back on Instagram. You will see this huge transformation of just like, let's just show up more freely. Let's show up more authentically. And you're going to hear that all the time, authenticity and vulnerability and intentionality in that associated to just be you, right? And so now with the rainbow, um, I love color. I love it all the time. You can see it behind me if you ever watch a screenshot or a live of this experience. And I think if that is what sparks you, if black or red or yellow or whatever that color is sparks you, own that and don't let the world dictate what it is that makes you joyful or what makes an imprint on your soul. Because if it doesn't make an imprint on your soul, you're not going to make an imprint on theirs. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And I love what you said about content should be fun because I think a lot of people think about it as like, okay, I have to get this week's of content done. And they think about it as like a task or a responsibility or else, you know, if I don't make my content for the week, then I'm going to fall behind. So I love that you see it as fun and that you're able to just dive in and, and make it happen. And And honestly, if you can create a team that feels the same way and it's not work, even though I pay them for it, um, we actually create reels in our downtime. It's not our work time. It's our creative play to create a story of an event that just occurred. And so I'm in a bubble bath or I am on a road trip or I am just kicking up my feet and my kids are running around me and I am in my brain curating what's the story that just happened over the last three days at this mastermind that I just went. What do I want to infuse in people as a big takeaway? And so if you look at it as like you're just storytelling through play Oh, it's just so much more freeing and it creates more viral content, honestly, because the more you try, the less effective it is. But the yeah, more you freely post. Yeah. When you post like what you're thinking in the moment. I mean, imagine that it actually creates more connection and conversation. Right. That's so good. I love that. Now you have the seven step methodology that you kind of teach and, yeah. and walk people through. Can you can you walk us through that? Yeah. So as we're having this conversation about content, I've never really connected it directly to that. But I always teach that through this seven framework, you can establish content for years. Honestly, you can write an entire book if you use this well, um, whether it's in one component of your business or it's in the entirety of a program that you're devising. And so it includes this. It's focus, shift, resource, testimonial, result and activation. Now, I didn't create some funky acronym. I tried to put all of these letters together a thousand times and it creates something like far graph and that's not sexy. So (laughs) we we went with the seven framework with intentionality. Just remember seven is the number of completion. So if you're trying to go for six, it doesn't work. If you've got eight, you you added something you don't need. Um, But it's this knowing that through here, the seventh is the God lens. And so I'm teaching people what's your intention Again, this can go to content great, but it's also how I help people develop their programs uniquely and divinely just for them. What's your intention for this specific hour that we're spending together? What's your intention for the entire program? What's your intention or your focus? That's number one in the book concept that you're writing or the podcast show that you're creating. The second is shift, and that's about movement. How are you going to move people with this area of focus from point A to point B? What are they doing during that experience? 
Number three is the resource. And what are the supporting evidence pieces that are going to be brought to life for the person? So whether it's a resource that you've developed or it's a book or a tool that you just absolutely love that you've put your own spin on. Um, maybe it's something that is a podcast like Adam's podcast and say, I was listening to this podcast and here's a, a resource I want you to listen in your free time. But we're going to extract this one concept, right? And so always having something that is supporting the focus and intention and the shift in the movement so that they can fall back on that even in the time that they're not necessarily in with you. The next is the testimonial. You hear about this all the time. You want to have that review. You want to have an enhancement quality that's either shining light on someone else who's been a part of this methodology or even on yourself. Maybe you are creating a group program or a book or a podcast, all of these different content creation opportunities, and it is based on your testimony. It's based on your story. And so I just got to um, have the privilege of hanging out with Dan Clark this past weekend too. If you don't know him, he's a, I think, 35 New York Times bestselling author and keynote speaker around the world. And he was doing storytelling. And in one hour keynote, he told 26 stories of himself. 26 in one hour. And he still got an incredible, focused, intentional, movement-oriented uh, expression that I was taking copious notes. And yet I also learned a ton about him. And so this really is a key component of creating connection with the person who's listening and learning from you. Next is the result. So it's the outcome. What's the outcome factor? So you have a focus, you have an intention, but there should also be an outcome. While you're shifting them from point A to point B, you want them to have a tangible result. So this is when you get on stage and, and I've, I've searched out Adam and what he does um, so creatively from a pulpit or a stage, if you will. And it's the knowing that he really wants to leave people with the practical tips. So we can talk ethereal all day. I can, I can shoot out all the fancy language that you want, but what are you actually doing for them at the end? right? Are you building a business? Are you creating an ROI? Are you strategizing this, that, or the other, a marketing component? And then the six is the activation. It's the homework. I never leave a client. I call them partners or a co-creator at any point without them having a next step. That could be from an activation call where I create the seven framework in an activation call or it's a session, or it's an eight-week program, or it's a year-long mastermind. They will never leave me without something else to do because our work, our mission is not complete. No matter who it is that you're working with, there should always be a next factor that falls on your shoulders and it initiates and instills the um, activation component of who you are. And then lastly, for me, uh, is my faith. It's at the center of everything. And if you could see a picture of this, um, then you would know what it looks like in association to this wheel. And that's just really like, is this true? Is this actually something that's sustainable? And so if you're looking at it from a higher power perspective, a divine connection, does this really connect to your core? Is it something that you really feel that resonates at a soul level to who you are? Because if you're developing anything, if you're showing up to breathe, you should have intention and it should be connected to the core of who you are. Otherwise, you're wasted breath. And I don't want to see you waste your breath because it is yeah. valuable. Yeah, that's so good. Oh my gosh, there's some podcasts that you listen to. And then there's some podcasts that you have to listen to, pause, take notes, reflect, yeah. go back on and study, right? There's some podcasts that you got to study. This is one of those podcasts. She just broke down a seven-step process on how she does her content, how she thinks about her content, how she creates outcomes. Because there's so many people who also create content, but it doesn't produce anything. And so yeah. then it's kind of, feel, it feels like wasted energy. And then they don't 
you know, see a lot of fruit from it. And we want yeah. fruit to come from our work, right? Completely. So I love that. Yes. Okay. Now, how does this tie into your hourglass funnel process? Oh man, that's, that's like- a whole nother one. You guys really do need to take notes. <laughs> I hope you have a pen and paper or you're like cliff noting all of this right now. So the hourglass funnel, this was actually something I presented for the first time out loud to Grant Cardone and Glenn Lundy in a clubhouse room. And it's something that I had been uh, just chewing on and simmering with that evoked a conversation from a client that I was sitting with because we were talking about funnel. And it was a client, imagine if you like pick somebody up off the street corner and you're having a conversation, that's the business knowledge that this person had, right? Street corner, now they could actually be pretty business savvy if they're on the street corner, (laughs) you never know. But what I mean by that is that there was no preference to words or even drawings. I'm drawing a funnel and I'm like, hey, we're gonna build this out. It's gonna be amazing by the time they come into this high ticket experience. We're going to do great. Your ROI to this program is going to be incredible. He's like, just looking at me. Now his background was a pastor pastor. He was a pastor for, I think 20 plus years at this point. And so again, meant nothing to him. He just wanted to know how he was going to affect change and how he was going to pay the bills. And that's a lot of us, right? Like how are we going to pay the bills and how are we going to create an impact? And there's nothing wrong with both of those things. Um, but what I feel like is often missed in this funnel concept is that there is an ex there's an exit strategy. This person comes in, they exchange the high ticket experience or whether it's high ticket, low ticket, doesn't really matter, but they come into the closest connection with you and then they're gone. Well, is that really how you want to cultivate community? Is that really how you want to cultivate a relationship? I want Adam and I to get to know one another and I don't want at any point for there to be some high ticket quote unquote exchange and then to be like, cool, I got what I wanted out of you. I'm never talking to you again. But that's really what a funnel is telling you to do. It's telling you to nurture and provide value and give a great message. And then they're going to come into a low ticket, maybe through a lead magnet. And then there's going to be a tripwire and a one-time offer. And I can talk business language with you guys all the time, but the heart of the hourglass funnel is for you to realize two things. One, after the high ticket experience, that's when your nurture sequence really pumps into high gear. Cause guess who those people become? They become your cheerleaders. They become your name bearers. Like I want to wear a smart uh, podcast. Like I want to wear this hat. I want to wear this brand, not because I'm in the midst of it, but because I get it. I understand who Adam Flores is at this point. And therefore I'm going to be that name bearer and community nurturer with him. I'm going to co-collaborate. I'm going to nurture and massage. Maybe it's in a Facebook group or a podcast community or at the event. And I'm actually going to be waving his flag. And that actually creates a social authority because I'm connected to you rather than the fact that I'm now trying to extract people out of your community. Don't do that. Not cool. The second thing that's so critical for this hourglass is the knowing of evolution. I can now take an hourglass and I can take that community that's been in here, nurturing one another, name bearing and all of those things, cheering me on, and I can flip it on its head. Guess why? You as an entrepreneur, as a creator, as an innovator, as a founder, a trailblazer, those are some acronyms from my show, you are always meant to evolve. You are always meant to create something new. If you are stagnant in the same business that you've been doing five years from now, I can bet you're probably not happy. I can bet you're probably not satisfied. I can bet that the people in your community are probably bored and they're not even willing to convert into a next level client because they're evolving past you. They're creating and getting inserted into a new funnel. 
But I want you guys to just recognize that as you evolve and knowing Brendan Burchard's concept of you only have to be 10% ahead of the person that you're teaching, you should constantly, constantly be flipping your hourglass. So I'm always creating something new. My team is like, can you please stop? But no, I don't want to stop because it excites me and it excites the community that I'm connected to. And so ultimately understanding that the regular funnel that everybody teaches, yes, it's cool, it's great, but the high ticket is just the starting point for the lifetime customer value that you can create and the mission and the movement that you can design based on the hourglass funnel. Oh no, you're muted. There we go. All right. Uh, So I love what you said about how the, uh, after somebody becomes a client, that's like where a lot of people just kind of leave it and they just let it be there. But it's like, that's where the relationship really begins because that's where the power is. That's where the referrals can come in. That's where the partnerships can come in. And that's so true. You know, I just actually, before this call, I had a, um, a client that's been, she's been with us for three years. And for whatever reason, we never talked about JV together and we've helped her build a million dollar business. Right. And finally today was the first day we did a JV. We like came up with like her story and how we're going to tell it. And, you know, and, um, and because my funnel glass wasn't there, I didn't think Mm -hmm. about that. It was like, that is, it was a three-year opportunity when it could have been like six months in. A hundred percent. And so what's what's that customer journey look like, not to the conversion point for their benefit, but also for the conversion benefit of you and the evolution of you, which then supports them again. So I love this concept. And I was so grateful. And when I shared it with Grant and Glenn, Grant was like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, crap, no, I have to write my book and I need to create the trademark because Grant's going to do it tomorrow. And he hasn't, thankfully, so hopefully he doesn't listen to this show, but I'm in the process of writing a book and and really helping people through this methodology to understand and unlock that it's so much more than the beginning. It's actually the end that really catapults your business. So cool. So cool. I love it. All right. What are last words that you have for the audience today? go after it. Like really, really go after it. I feel like we're always stuck in in the cage of our dreams. And in order for the dream to come true, you have to step out, get bold, be courageous, fail forward. All the things that you hear people say, progress over perfection. These are real, they are accurate. And you will see that your evolution is actually connected directly towards your action. So let's go. All right. Y'all heard it from Tamara. You're going to have to re-listen to this over and over again uh, and and go through the hourglass funnel again and the (laughs) step methodology again and implement it. And uh, Tamara, we're so grateful that you were able to spend time with us today, sharing your knowledge, sharing your strategies. And um, and for those of you who are uh, listening today, make sure you go and click the link in the description because it's going to take you to her Instagram. Uh, send her a DM if you have any questions about you know how she can help you uh, create content that sells, uh, grow your business, and also um, you know she has a Facebook group as well where she gives a lot of free value and content in there as well that we'll also put in the description as well. And uh, Tamara, once again, thank you so much for being with us. I'm so pumped. Thanks so much. I'm excited to tune in to all the other guests you've had on the Smart Business Show. It's been awesome. Thanks. Yes, yes. And to everyone listening, make sure you subscribe, share this episode, leave a six-star review. I think there's only five stars, but leave an extra (laughs) star. And until next episode, see you guys next time. Bye, y'all.